ಆಚಾರ್ಯೇಂದ್ರಂ ಕರಕಲಿತ ಚಿನ್ಮುದ್ರಮಾನಂದ 
ಸ್ವಾತ್ಮಾರಾಮದಿತವದನ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತಿಮೀಡೆ ವಟವಿಟಪಿ ಸಮೀಪೆ ಭೂಮಿ ಭಾಗೇ ನಿಷಣ್ಣ ಸಕಲ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಗುರುಮೀಶಂ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತಿ ದೇವಂ ಜನನ ಮರಣ ದುಃಖ ಹರಿಯೋಂ ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಶಾಂತಶಾಂತಿ ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಸದಾ ಶಿವ ಸಾರಂಭಂ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಮಧ್ಯಮ ಅಸ್ಮದಾಚಾರ್ಯಪರ್ಯಂತ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಪರಂ ಪರ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಪರಂ ಪರ ಕಪಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಡೇಸ್ ಮೋರ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಮೀ ಅಂಟಿಲ್ ಇಟ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ಸ್ ಅ ಗುಡ್ ಪ್ರಾಕ್ಟೀಸ್ ಗೋಚರ ತಮಗೋಚರ ಗೋವಿಂದ ಪರಮಂದ ಸದ್ಗುರು ಪ್ರಣತಸ್ಮ್ಯಹಂ the next shloka repeat after me jantunam narajanma durlabhamataha jantunam narajanma durlabhamataha 
ತತೋ ವಿಪ್ರತ ತಸ್ಮೈಕಧರ್ಮಸ್ಮರ ಆತ್ಮವಿವೇಚನ ಸ್ವನುಭವೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾತ್ಮನ ಸಂಸ್ಥಿ ಮುಕ್ತಿರ್ನೋ ಶತಜನ್ಮಕೋಟಿಸುಕೃತ ಪುಣ್ಯೈರ್ವಿಭ್ಯತೆ ಜಂತೂನಾಂ ನರಜನ್ಮ ದುರ್ಲಭಂ ವಿ ಹವ್ ಸೀನ್ ದಟ್ ಯಸ್ಟಡೆ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಏಟ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಫೋರ್ ಮಿಲಿಯನ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಸ್ಪೀಷೀಸ್ ಸೆಂಟಿಯಂಟ್ ಕ್ರೀಚರ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ಬಾರ್ನ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ದ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಬರ್ತ್ ಇಸ್ ಸಪೋಸ್ ಟು ಬಿ ದಿ ರೇರೆಸ್ಟ್ ಒನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಹಸ್ ಗಾಟ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಡೂ ವಿತ್ ಹೌ ವಿ ಬಿಹೇವ್ ಆಸ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ಸ್ being born as a human being probably we are the only species that kill of the same kind to survive the saddest part rest of the creatures protect their own kind they don't eat their own kind they don't kill their own kind since eternity it is only the human which has this big gaping flaw it's not from it's not based on what we end up doing but from a totally different perspective if we were to be decided on the basis of what we end up doing then probably i won't even say that it is comparable to the rest of the animals because they would feel offended but what perspective are, is this adi shankaracharya ji making it from so he says pumstvam tataha pumstvam all those who are feminist please hold on to your armory and weaponry and other things before you hurl it on me or towards adi shankaracharya ji here we are talking about those qualities like courage firmness conviction the ability to pursue something until we reach to the goal however difficult it may be these kinds of qualities are called pumstvam 
it has got nothing to do with the gender or the sex that we are born into it is more of the mental stature that we need to hold on to born being born as a human being is one thing but having been born to have this mindset and courage does not mean like the bollywood or hollywood style that you are surrounded by 10 15 people and you smack all of them out and everybody is going all over the place and not even your let alone the clothes iron ironing on the clothes not even the hair style goes off it stays impeccable no i am not talking that, that as a courage here courage according to vedanta is born out of immense patience sabra in hindi it is called immense amount of patience brings out courage the impatient ones cannot progress on the spiritual path and we are not talking about having patience with the world around or the spouse or children or something else external we are talking about having patience with one's own self that would drive anybody nuts once you start becoming sincere on this path that quality to be holding within that firmness that conviction that clarity is called pumstvam just to have that courage and patience is not sufficient it has to be backed up with proper knowledge vipratvam many of us after listening to say couple of chapters of bhagavad gita one or two upanishads and uh, maybe one or two prakarana granthas we suddenly feel that which i am studying is not something which i can experience through this study why am i wasting my time into these things instead i could focus on something that i can do there's one statement i'll probably keep repeating multiple number of times so pardon me if you feel repetitive that we are wrongly portrayed as human beings we should be called human doings because we cannot sit quiet we have to constantly keep doing something or the other india the marketing technology of the street side vendors sometimes even in the trains is amazing like when they sell the chana or peanuts in the train you know what they sell it as time pass button i'm sure you all have heard that 
well you are doing nothing let time pass so going through the scriptural study feels like that kind of a time pass because i am not doing anything before we jump into action it is essential that i know where i am jumping into to have a distinct clarity as to what is the direction that i am heading out into it cannot be that you know i'll jump out and uh, let's see where it takes me and we have spent lot of lives like that this clarity is important because i very clearly know where i am that where i have to reach that is not very clear as in a gps system you need two points one point of origin and point of interest in the gps it is recognized as poi p o i not the tamil poi poi means point of interest point of origin point of interest without having clarity as to where i have to reach then it will be like the great texan wisdom not all that which is uh, printed on the back of a pickup truck is actually wisdom but sometimes texans also surprises with a piece of wisdom here and there so once long time ago i had read this it said got no way to reach so i would never ever be lost cuz i'm just exploring so if you have no way to reach you will never be lost but without knowing where to reach trying to do something right now because it feels more fruitful doesn't actually cut it before we can equip ourselves to do what we have to do at this point to have the clarity of where to reach what does it do where does it help it keeps the inspiration constantly burning until we reach there when do we feel dejected when do we feel lost is when we lose sight or focus of that destination in vishnu purana it is very beautifully said vishnoho vismrutihi sarva dukhasya karanam forgetting what is my laksha what is my goal that i have to reach in itself is the cause for dukha or unhappiness not knowing it and trying to do something ya kuch to karna hai yaar something i have to do so we start observing patterns oh they all go for bhajan okay let me also go for bhajan 
they all go for meditation let me also go for meditation they all go for uh, pravachan and satsang let me also go for pravachan and satsang they do lot of seva let me also jump in do lot of seva i'm not saying that these methods or techniques are wrong or futile before we adapt ourselves to these techniques why is it that i am doing it why am i engaging myself in it is it just a feel good factor if it is just a feel good factor there will be a point that we will come across wherein we will definitely feel dejected with everything that we are doing in the name of spiritual evolution and then we will have this claim been there done that nothing works but there is no clarity as to where do i have to reach to therefore vipratvam vipratvam learning and acquiring that clarity again learning not for the sense of uh, tall claims that i have also studied bhagavad gita i have also studied upanishads i have also studied all these and then we have not even understood why that purpose of study is for to acquire clarity and nothing less how do i know if i have gotten that clarity when my intellect has it feels a certain amount of peace and there are no questions that are born in that intellect further okay let me retrace back there may be questions but there are no more doubts that raise in such mind which has clarity there will be inquiry but there is no more doubt until that doubts those doubts are clarified this learning process should continue vipratvam so nara janma and then the mental qualities and then the clarity vipratvam then he says tasmat vaidika dharma marga parata see our religion has gotten lot of names what i call it as acquired identity because if you refer in through all our scriptures there is not a single reference wherein it refers to itself as hinduism hindava matam no the persians crossing through the sindhu nadi could not pronounce sindhu so the sir dropped and the sa morphed into her how can it happen why ask the mexicans they will write it as jalapenos but pronounce it as jalapenos so after may it should be hun hulai right like coming from india we would always say it as sanjos it's only after coming here we recognize that it is san jose what happened to the j 
in the Spanish language, J becomes H. So maybe in the Persian language, S became H. And the Sindhu, anything east of that Sindhu river, they recognized it as the Hindu culture. So from that perspective, we have so many traditions. Two more traditions added in or three more traditions added in. They would also technically be called Hindu only. Whether it is the Buddha, Jaina, Sikh, whoever, whichever tradition, because it's east of Sindhu river. Then the British came in and they found it very uh, difficult or obnoxious to say Hindians. So they dropped another H. Right, we came Indian. We don't find a Hindu Hindava. Then some do refer to our religion as Sanatana Dharma. Couple of places, even in Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan himself recognizes, recognizes it as the Sanatana Dharma. But what would be the actual technical word for whatever we practice? It's called Vaidika Dharma. And the culture, therefore, would be called as the Vaidika Samskriti. Born of Vedas, those who follow the Vedic dictums, they are called the Vaidika Dharma. Therefore, he says, after getting that clarity, first acquire that clarity and then jump into the field of doing. Doing what? That which has been prescribed by the Vedic literature, by the Vedic Shastra as righteous, follow them implicitly. See, nowhere here it says that because the Vedas say so, therefore you do. But what was the first prerequisite? Before you start doing, enquire thoroughly into it, acquire that clarity, vipratvam. Then start following it into your life. Sometimes on a public platform, in those platforms, they don't invite me further after I say what I say. Because we have conditioned ourselves when we say, uh, especially in the, um, what do you call those, different religious heads come and they speak. Interfaith panel, interfaith debates. So one of the things that they expect a religious leader to say is all religions are same. So, but there is one factor wherein there are multiple factors. One of the key factors wherein I would say that Hinduism stands out unique is it is not thrust on us saying that if you shall not follow these dictums then you are against the religion. 
in fact the scripture itself says just because the scripture is saying so you are not encouraged to jump into that bandwagon but enquire into it acquire that clarity without that clarity jumping into action or doing anything it will only make that individual a fanatic and the purpose of the vaidik scriptures is not to turn us into another conditioning called a fanatic but to break the very core of all conditionings whatsoever that is why the, the scriptures themselves say in the upanishads yatra vedaha avedaha bhavanti having reached to that which has been pointed by the vedas you don't require the scriptures any further which makes sense at when i was growing up i was woken up early in the morning 5 5:30 with all that grogginess sit there and we were supposed to memorize and repeat mechanically the mathematical tables and we were often told that what you learn early in the morning waking up is what stays with you for your entire life why can't this early morning come at night grog is sitting there he keep chanting 2 1 2 2 2 2 4 and be in between like thing and then we are poked hey 2 all the way to 20 and 20 all the way to 20 at least that was the norm in my household constantly keep chanting repeating at that point if somebody were to ask do you actually know what you are doing do you want to continue no kid would ever say yes to it it, it seems like meaningless purposeless it's only after a while that when you start learning you know higher math especially the algebra wherein you have all confusions parameters put in there there will be a division sign there will be a minus sign there will be a plus sign there will be a square and the square root and and you have to be quick on your and you in those days we did not have the luxury of a handy cell phone with a calculator app in it and nowadays even the watch and wrist watches also have the calculators embedded in it it is all supposed to be up here to learn in such a way that we become independent of that process of learning as well 
how long did you again now you know after that age we learnt now also when you wake up in the morning do you again start two ones are two two twos are four two threes are no it is done once you have learnt then you don't require that whole process nobody is born as an expert cook it's only that after you get married you get the license to experiment on each other over a period of experimentation then you become experts therefore my uh, uh, rule of thumb right rule of thumb is if somebody said that this dish was prepared specifically from a recipe book it's already a flag red flag in my head that will go half spoon on my plate i don't want to be the one experimented upon see 25 years of bhiksha surviving on it i have learnt a, a skill or two myself that when people ask me samji what do you want to eat i have also become smart i never tell what to make i instead ask what are you good at sensible right if you still use a recipe book then please come to my place i will cook and feed you there is a point wherein you transcend that recipe book because you are done with it yatra recipe book a recipe book bhavati what is expertise that where you don't require that support anymore in an operation theater operation room if there is a doctor who has to have uh, thick books and has to go through the pages which nerve what artery how much incision which blade no i don't want to go to such one please go back to your residency finish few more cadavers and then come experimenting not on me having reached to that place you should have transcended that support system and hindu scriptures very clearly tell that that this is just a supporting pointer and once you have experienced that which is being pointed you become independent of that scriptural injunctions as well until then vaidika dharma marga parata until then with understanding follow that which the scriptures are pointing implicitly see many of us when we have questions doubts on religious spiritual scriptural 
I had to have my own learning curve as well. When people would ask questions like, why did Rama do this? Why did Krishna do this? Why does Manusmriti say this? I used to be like head on with them, like, you know, get into the debate, argue and try to get across. It's only later that I realized none of them who are asking, maybe in my 25 years, two or three people that may, I may have come across who are asking because they have studied and not understood. And the rest are hearsay. Oh, I have heard it. See, if you have made the mistake of hearing it, why am I liable to answer? Go clarify from there where you have heard it. What kind of study did you do in Ramayana or Bhagavata or uh, Mahabharata? I have read Amar Chitra Katha. <laughs> Is that even a standard? Or not, not even that, I have heard it. Heard it from what? Heard it from who? Have you investigated into it to understand whether what you have heard is having any water in it or not? That, can it hold any water in it? No. And we have already formed convictions based on it. Ask any average Hindu out there, what is your opinion on Manusmuti? Oh, it is bad. From what standpoint, Baba? Have you studied? Oh, I have heard. That doesn't even justify a, a debate. Right? When, 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 you expect, when you expect, even in the field of science or anywhere where you want to have a debate, shouldn't the one who is debating or for or against have done their thorough research and not come to that debate on hearsay? So vipratvam, gain that knowledge, wisdom, clarity before you start applying it into your day-to-day -day life. And thus, who has tried implementing this Vaidika Dharma Marga and start living life righteously through experience when they have arrived at the conclusions befitting their conviction that wisdom is called Vidvatvam. Non-experiential blabbering cannot be called as Vidvatvam. And today the internet blogging, microblogging, everybody has their opinion. And then there are cross-references and quotations of these blabbering saying, oh, they say it, see? What kind of research have they done into it? Now, in amongst this chaos, I'm just picking on the nerve of this society, Hindu society. Many of us, when we are questioned, 
we have not done study or cross referencing ourselves and we are put in a corner we are cornered with these questions then we also alienate ourselves with the entire system saying oh, i was born as a hindu but i am not a practicing hindu i believe in uh, the spirituality of hinduism but not the religious nature of hinduism see when i go to the universities one of the topics that attracts maximum crowd are the topics like religion versus spirituality oh yeah this is something good if somebody were to say that i am focused or i am very much interested in applied mathematics because it has got nothing to do with pure mathematics are baba your applied mathematics comes into picture only from pure mathematics they go hand in hand applied physics pure physics so i don't believe in applied physics i believe in pure physics philosophy without its practice is lame practice without the understanding of philosophy is blind both have to go hand in hand thus blending these two together when we come to that point where we experience it experience multiple iterations of these experiences because at first attempt nobody is going to be successful especially with this spiritual path multiple iterations that you go over again and again and again and over a period you acquire the nuances and then you don't require the scripture but you instead become the reference for the scripture that look that this person has experienced that which the scripture is pointing at that is called vidvatva becoming that expert in that field because i have now experienced it vidvatvam asmat param now once that experience is firmly established that wisdom is firmly established then atmanatma vivechanam svanubhavah we have already chanted it then start enquiring into atma and anatma the discrimination between that which is real and that which is unreal that which is necessary and that which is not necessary that which is essential and that which is non essential
and it is not again to be assumed that this discrimination is a one time job it is a consistent application of this discrimination in every interaction with the outside world therefore spirituality according to our sanatana dharma is not just restricted to a certain time certain space in front of an altar but that is just a preparation so that when i step out into the world of interactions i carry forward that experience i carry forward that mind the sharpness of it and the depth of the mind with the clarity of the intellect which transforms every action and interaction with the world outside as a spiritual experience every experience has to be thus carefully involved and interacted with now presently when we are not at that stature suddenly listening to these details feels like looks very cumbersome process now what is not a cumbersome process if you take a 5 year old and compile all the textbooks and different reference books and the novels story books and all these things that they are going to study from kindergarten all the way till their masters pile them up and then show the kid this is what you are going to study for next 15 years anybody would be scared baba i am okay without it the better would be if we can write down these steps and through these steps identify where exactly am i one thing is given born as human beings jantu naam nara janma durlabham i would not be presumptuous but i would say that if you are sitting in this environment with a likelihood of understanding or trying to understand what the scriptures are saying i would say the next one also is there the mental tenacity is also prepped up pumstvam going through the scriptures to have that clarity aiming for vipratvam have we progressed or where are we in the rest of the steps and once you exactly know where you are to where you have to be becomes easier therefore when you stand in a mall in the uh, map what is the first thing that you will have to look for it's amazing right they know you are here when people randomly ask what is that red dot on your forehead i tell them like in the map where it says you are here it is to remind me also i am here 
the map says you are here knowing where you are makes it easy for you to reach where you have to atmanatma vivechanam now once every aspect of our life inside out has been thoroughly analyzed in the light of the vipratvam that has been acquired through our consistent scriptural study whether it is emotional whether it is intellectual whether it is at a physical level whether it is at an interact interactive level at all these levels different nuances i study them and whose nuances are we talking about this whole processing is not about uh, evaluating the people around now we have not taken a shrink's job it is personal evaluation then we come to a standpoint or a firm platform within of peace in that sanctuary of peace within brahmatmana samsthitihi identifying my true nature because up until that point the way even i look at myself is by various standpoints of what i can define myself as i am a man i am a woman i am tall i am short i am dark i am white the indians never say brown we always say whitish dark whitish light whitish you see all the uh, matrimony and shaadi uh, portals there is no brown category there there is only whitish category dark whitish light whitish then the educational qualifications all these are defining what i am but not essentially who i am like yesterday i went into the uh, distinction of swarupa and guna what is the description that it it gives a description of uh, the gunas who it gives the description of uh, my swarupa based off of uh, my definition of my own self uh, as different things amalgamated into are nothing but different watts at a physical level at an emotional level at an intellectual level i am a singer whatever like different professions different kinds of habits different kinds of 
practices it all defines only as what not who once this firm platform of sanctuary of peace that is created within then the enquiry into not what what is immaterial there enquiry into who i am and the most amazing aspect of this enquiry is all enquiries on what will have an answer but the enquiry into who is not started or is not encouraged in spirituality to find an answer but the one who is asking the question that questioner evaporates am i getting across the enquiry of who is not to find an answer that can define who but to remove the enquirer completely now once the enquirer himself is removed what remains is unbroken unfragmented from the core brahmatmana samsthiti but we have been conditioned all our life to enquire into what we need to find that answer so we get into the enquiry of who as well with the intent of trying to find an answer but that enquiry is not to find an answer is to transcend the questioner it's a, it's a huge difference there a very subtle one at that brahmatmana samsthiti muktir no shata janma koti sukrutaihi punyaihi vina na labhyate and this whole statement last statement can have two kinds of impacts i'll give you both impacts and also warn you as to how to protect yourself so this statement in a word by word as it translates what does it mean it says shata janma koti punyaihi sukrutaihi shata koti shata is 100 koti is crore 100 crores of lives worth punya acquired how much is 100 crores into millions or billions 100 crores how much 10 million pakka because i cannot translate it from crores and lakhs into millions and billions One billion? Wow. 
it's just an arbitrary number given it's saying even after 1 billion lives worth punya acquired mukti is not guaranteed you want it i thought you would say you want it now even after 1 billion lives worth punya acquired wherein you have been focusing only in acquiring punya and not even by mistake performing any kind of wrong deed even then it does not guarantee mukti And here, a small bubble burster, brace up. Coming to satsanga, many of us come saying, oh, thoda punya milega. I come to satsanga so that I get acquire some punya points. Whole day long, I have acquired lot of papa points. Satsanga is like a, a balance creator that I acquire little punya points. Now it is a feel good factor. Now here is the bubble burster. By coming to Satsanga, you do not acquire punya whatsoever. What? Disappointing. Satsanga is the result of all the punya acquired. Satsanga is not the platform to acquire punya. Satsanga happens to that individual who has acquired that punya. Therefore, the next thing to focus on is we have again been conditioned throughout our life to transform ourselves from being a bad person into a good person. So many people even define spirituality that way, wherein what is spirituality? To do good and to be good. And that is not the end goal of spirituality. That is the beginning point of spirituality. If it were just do good, be good, we don't need these many Prakrana Granthas, these many Upanishads, these many Bhagavad Gita commentaries and then further explanation on those commentaries. There's one simple sentence. Remind yourself daily to do good, be good. Doing good, being good is just a starting point of spiritual evolution, not the end goal. So this statement can be quite disappointing. Bhapre, these many lives worth punya acquired and still no I think I'm better off without this kind of spirituality. Instead, the understanding should be that if it takes that many lives worth punya to get to the point of understanding 
मुक्ति और रियलाइजेशन लेट मी स्ट्राइव टू मेक दिस लाइफ एज दट बिलियंत लाइफ एज द कल्मिनेशन ऑफ ऑल माई पुण्य दैट शुड बी द स्पिरिट विथ विच द स्पिरिचुअलिटी हैज टू बी परस्यूड नॉट द अदर वे अराउंड देर इज दट हिंदी सॉन्ग आएगा आएगा आने वाला और द अदर वन हम होंगे कामयाब कब वेन विल यू बी कामयाब एक दिन समाइम दैट दैट काइंड ऑफ स्पिरिट विल नेवर टेक अस फॉरवर्ड इट शुड बी विद द इंस्पिरेशन विद द जील दैट आई एम गोइंग टू अचीव दिस here now in this life but swami ji even in this life i have done so much papa doesn't matter cuz spirituality is not about transforming from bad to good pay attention the purpose of spirituality is to transcend the polarity of both good and bad goodness and badness is a perspective of convenience what is good today can be bad tomorrow depending on where you are seeing it from what can be considered good in this time can be considered bad in the other time frames we have seen these fluctuations in morality and ethics so it is not to be entrapped in goodness and badness the purpose of spirituality is to transcend goodness and badness because our essential nature cannot be defined or restricted by that definition of goodness and badness instead it is defined as that which transcend goodness and badness can alone be divine so we are not trying to through all the spirituality our goal is not to become good transforming from bad to good and then to transcend that goodness to be established in divinity that is the purpose of spirituality sometimes what becomes a disappointing experience is those who are self proclaimed spiritualists they seem to spend lot of time in meditation lot of time in scriptural study satsang bhajans but when it comes to their interaction with the outside world they are cruel they are mean they are anything but spiritual looking at such people we come to a conclusion if this is what is spirituality i am better off doing whatever i understand as good and being whatever i understand as good this is my spirituality and that should not become our limitation 
therefore the scripture always insists that our focus should not be on good and bad because it is still a polarity polarity is dvandva dvaita wherever there is dvandva wherever there is polarity there will be clash there will be friction transcending that friction by establishing oneself into that divinity that is the end goal that is the purpose of spiritual sadhana nothing less than that because as we are trying to practice we there would be a point wherein we'll start comparing ourselves with uh, somebody who is not that good a practitioner and I say i'm better than them you know <coughs> that's a wrong standard of comparison being better than the rest is not the purpose of spirituality or they'll say i'm at least not like them and there are these people that come and say uh, i think my husband has started becoming spiritual what made you say so on thursdays he has stopped eating meat he has taken a vow not to drink on thursdays meaning what on wednesday night dabake in lieu of thursday and on friday again chadake why whole of thursday i had abstained from it that doesn't make it spiritual and again the comparison is i'm not like the rest of them who eat every day i am at least one day not eating you know the starting point muktir no shata janma koti sukrutaihi punyaihi vina la labhyate therefore the challenge is do we want to make this the shata janma koti life or the starting point the choice is still yours maybe it needs that kind of intensified pursuit it cannot be one of the list that you know doing this i am now become spiritualist the entire list performing it in such a way that it helps me transcend this polarity of good and bad that pursuit is called spiritual awakening therefore adi shankaracharya ji goes into the next shloka saying how should we focus now the whole scheme is given how should we focus are we even blessed enough to say that we have this opportunity to evolve in that spiritual line do we have enough punya points 
He says, if you have these three, you already are having enough punya points. What are these three? He says, repeat after me. Durlabham trayame vaitat. Deva nugraha hetukam. Manushyatvam mumukshutvam. Mahapurusha samshrayaha. Durlabham trayam eva etat. A combination of these three are the rarest occurrences. What are they? And why do they happen, this occurrence? Adi Shankaracharya very subtly puts things wherein even before putting the effort of understanding the ego and its tricks, he is already puncturing it. Don't think that I am qualified for it because I have done something great. No, it is this particular rare factor combination happens only because Daiva Anugraha Hetukam. Because of the blessings of that divine, blessings of that Paramatma. Or the other way to understand it is, we keep questioning, we keep coming to those crossroads wherein we are confused, we end up asking questions. When do I see the grace of that Lord? Do I have that grace of that Lord? If we have these three, it is clear that we just not have the grace but that grace is showering through. What are these three? Manushyatvam. Being born as a human being. Are they there? Excuse me. Okay. Like people are like, you know. Uh. Just to make sure. Manushyatvam, one tick. One third grace already flowing. Manushyatvam. Mumukshutvam. Mumukshutvam. An intense desire to liberate oneself. To get free from. Mukti, what does it mean? To be released from is called Mukti. See, I'll describe two environments. One, something has gone wrong with the physical body, could not move, things started collapsing. Called the emergency and they picked me up, door delivery. 
rushed me through and there I am helplessly lying on that bed getting different kinds of things poked at medicated various things are happening until I am revived I am stuck in that bed I am stuck in that ward I am stuck in that place where I don't have freedom to do whatever I feel like doing which I would have been doing outside I am stuck there and the second is when the other 911 purpose and you are put in a prison system from both when you get out both are restricted environments when you get out from both of them when you get out of the uh, hospital what do they say you are discharged When you are out of the prison system, released. So mukti means what? To be released from. The huge discussion, released from what? If you wait for another 19 minutes, you will be released from the satsang. See, sometimes you feel inspired, you feel touched. So you have spoken that to your neighbor or your best friend and you forced them, pulled them along into the satsang. And they are also sitting along with you, very awkwardly positioned, gaping at everything, looking at everything like, what exactly is happening here? And when such person is invited and everybody else is laughing, they're staring at the other. What is there to laugh at this man? You know, when I see a smile on such people's face, because through the lecture, what, have, what they have been doing, looking at the watch. Man, I thought one and a half hours, I have never felt my one and a half hours this long. The second stage of frustration is when they look at their watch and it seems like it is frozen. It used to happen with the old analog watches. They would shake it and then Kaam to kar <laughs> It is working. But why is it not moving? And the third stage of frustration is when they look at that watch, look at the speaker and point that watch to the speaker. Khatam bhi kar <laughs> I'm not making this up. I have gone through all these experiences. Such person, when they get out, what they feel is called mukti. Released from that conditioning. Uncomfortable conditioning. 
so mukti means it, it, it is not some uh, you know we may have certain imaginations about mukti many people you know they have this samiji have you attained mukti it's a very generic vague statement from what the first time no not for the first time it was the second time the first time i came to us i was given a visa for 3 years and it expired so i had to go back to india and get through the consular process and get it restamped and my first time experience was not that great with the interviewer so the second time that i went through the visa process i was mentally prepared bring it on cuz they almost make you feel like petty insignificant uh, which is okay but the way they rub it in i didn't like it and this time i was mentally prepared jo hota hai dekhenge so i go inside so first thing that he asks so what exactly how do you describe yourself said so, uh, i have taken this monastic order i am a celibate for life and there is this religious organization which has its branches one of the branches in dallas so i'm going there to take care of the religious responsibilities of that center <clears throat> see it sees through and it says some mantra so these mantras do you know them i said yes chant and i gave him a, a stare down said i i really asked him really <laughs> what mantra do you want me to chant that which you already know how would you know that i am chanting what i am claiming to chant so i said you got a point there i know i have a point here so he goes inside this was in chennai there was an indian working in the us embassy called him some clerk and the fun part was i explained all this to guruji and guruji was like you know shell shock next time don't do like this okay So the uh, Indian comes and says, uh, "Sir, please chant." Sir, <laughs> so I have the same question for you also. That how would you know that I am chanting something if you don't know it yourself? So his now his position also is in jeopardy there. So he says, uh, "Can you chant uh, Suktams?" 
all the pancha suktams and the extra suktams there are about 8 of them all 13 of them memorized do you know rudram I said, uh, yes, I also know Rudram. There is Mahanyasa, there is Lagunyasa, there is Namaka, there is Chamaka. Which one do you want me to chant? And suddenly it was like, uh, uh, oh, there are this many. <laughs> and then he said, uh, chant uh, Namakam. I started from the Mahanyasa. And after chanting uh, for you know three four minutes, he said, "Okay, okay." And he was about to leave. I said, "Stop, sir. This is exactly what I said." He also had no clue what I am chanting. He asked me to chant Namakam. I chanted Mahanyasam, and he has no clue. He says, "I have chanted it right." And he was like, "Hey, poda." Like it was almost like conveying uh, conveying a message to me. Like you know, it is your interview, not my interview here. And then he asked me something which, so far it was fun. He asked me something which really uh, uh, irritated me to a point. He looks at me and says, you, you look very young. I stared back at him, I am young. <laughs> what I'm trying to ask is, what if you get married in US? To an American. That kind of blew my top off. So I said, look, I have defined myself. I have taken a vow of celibacy. I have already lived that for these many years. No, no. What if you get married to? You are asking about a probability which I have no clue what you are asking about. But if you need an answer. I would prefer rather marrying an Indian beauty than marrying an ugly person from America. He got irritated with that answer. And so, you're saying that you have taken a celibacy, vow of celibacy. Are you uh, not missing anything? So I said, oh yeah, I'm missing a lot. And I said, what? All the problems that you go through, I'm missing that for the entire life. It went on for 45 minutes. There are different conditionings. Conditionings of the society, conditionings of the Culture, conditionings of the nation, conditionings of being a human being, conditionings of being rich, conditionings of being poor, condi all these different conditionings. Any conditioning that stops me from being happy. Any conditioning that stops me from Finding that inner peace. And there is a trick here. There is a twist here. To find that unconditioning, 
not by running away from the situation or the environment but by being in there that is a trick because our assumption would be to get rid of this conditionings to be mukta is to be running away from life shying away from life in fact the mundaka shruti says the one who has constantly his entire life ran away from life and experiences is certainly disqualified because this takes severe amounts of perseverance if you cannot face simple things in life simple conditionings in life and grow out of them you would not be qualified for this subtler aspect of spiritual evolution therefore in mundaka shruti they say atma na balahinena labhya a weak minded person who cannot face life can never ever think of acquiring spiritual status it has become a generic norm of understanding of people that people take to spiritual path as an escapist route when i took to the path oh there are so many experiences hilarious ones one that comes to my mind right now is my first ever uh, interrogation it happened in the train journey this person introduces himself and he thought i was wearing yellow clothes yellow robes then as a brahmachari so he looks at my clothes and he says uh, any diksha, any kind of diksha because in india they wear this black robes for 41 days for the ayappa diksha then there is uh, tirupati govinda diksha there are different kinds of dikshas they are all like 20 27 days 41 days so he looked at me and said what kind of diksha is this so i said permanent diksha <laughs> he was expecting some god's name and some diksha i said no this is permanent diksha what do you mean i have taken to the life of a monastic order you mean uh, like a spiritual path i said yes at that time i was what 19 20 years old the first thing that comes out of his mouth is ayyo sincerely he said ayyo but why why did you choose this path that to at such young age so i thought i had now an opportunity to answer his question but he was quite quick so did you have a fight with your parents run away from home i said no sir uh did you start some business or something and it didn't go well and there are a lot of people that you are uh, you know holding debts and uh, you had to run away nothing or did you fail a lot in educational field and you are not uh, good enough for education therefore you took to this path i said no sir and then finally by this time he had it's a train right indian there are like six people here two people sitting there and then another eight people there eight people behind all of them had piqued their interest and they were all into it 
and then finally he looks at all of them and comes close to him love la fela <laughs> when nothing of that is working maybe you must be a failure the point that i am trying to make is a generic concept is those who take to the path of spirituality are those who are usually losers in life whereas the scripture is very clearly saying if you are a loser in life you have no scope of standing because a firm mind a mind with conviction alone can travel this path where there is that courage and conviction established that firmness again mukti is not to be misunderstood as suddenly there will be a halo around you if you want a halo they put a, a you can arrange a, a a focus light and from the back when you look at it there will be a halo kind of a thing or to carry that uh, serene face hmm. that is not called mukti that is called in hindi they say nautanki <laughs> what is mukti to identify all the limitations that i am conditioned through and to break each one of them and to get released beyond them that is called mukti mumukshutva and the last one maha purusha samshraya okay one more uh, statement about mumukshutvam which essentially means a consistent pursuit to find peace and happiness that is called mumukshutvam the so first one manushyatvam you all said we are already there are we searching for anything else other than peace and happiness in life yes or no? okay let me put it the other way around when you put effort are you searching for miseries and uh, confusions and restlessness because i being here for 25 years as a as a, as a sadhu life i'm yet to come across a person who has ever come and said swami ji pray for me tomorrow i'm going to put this effort with which i'm sure i'll be miserable for the rest of my life pray for me nobody ever puts an effort to be miserable we are putting an effort consistently to acquire that peace joy and happiness mumukshutva second one guaranteed third one mahapurusha samshraya to come in contact with mahapurusha mahapurusha somebody who has gone through these scriptures experience the depth of it at a personal level and can communicate that in a language which can be understood and applied in my own life 
as a seeker. If we are all sitting here, it is because of that Mahapurusha whom we call as Gurudev. Through his blessings. So the third one also is there in our life. If at all there is anything lacking, I would say the fourth one, it's not there, but I'm adding it. The fourth one is called Atma Krupa. To bring oneself to understand and apply it, allow ourselves to grow. The rest of it is already provided for. Mahapurusha Samshraya. Manushyatvam Mumukshutvam Mahapurusha Samshraya. Once you find these three, what does it indicate? That that Paramatma and his blessings, his grace is showered upon all of us immensely. So you don't need to waste time and say that I am a human being, but I don't know when I'll have the rest of the two. I just proved it that we already are blessed with the rest of them. The only thing that has to be is Atma Kripa. So one of our sadhus, sannyasis, he would say, for Atma Kripa, what do you do? Take your own feet and do your Namaskar. Hey Jeeva, please bless me to follow this path. The rest of them are being given on a golden platter. <clears throat> Though we have these three, what becomes the stumbling block? That is a discussion in next shloka, which we will see tomorrow. Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om